Welcome back to episode two of Unbroken Arrows podcast. I'm Catherine. I'm Greg. And today we're just going to do a little bit of a, as Greg called it, a rear end view. Um, <laughs> what we really meant is a year in review. We're just going to talk about what our life was like for the past 12 months and some of the fun trips and experiences we had. And a little bit of life along the way. You know, I have to start 2023 with 2022, really, because uh, for me, 2022 was the year of knee replacements. I had two total knee replacements, and that really impacted how active I was. And it did truly get to that point where it affected me mentally my mental outlook i was he was going a little crazy i was talking to rabbits and things like that that i saw in the backyard but and he's not joking no. he had a whole plot with the rabbits yeah they were the the rabbits in the neighbor's yard i think were plotting against me and and i just started to make up a story and everybody seemed to think that i might have been losing it at that point in time and i probably was so Really, looking back at the year, New Year's Eve day, so the 31st of December, your sister Teresa and your mom and I took a, a winter hike at Good Earth State Park. And when we talk about trying to get to the outdoors and being outdoors, we live in the Sioux Falls area. And Sioux Falls is fortunate to have many parks, walking trails, um, many places where people can take advantage of going outside and um, enjoying the outdoors. But also the winter of 2022 and 2023 was the year for snow for us, over 60 inches, I think. We got a lot of snow. There, there was more snow, and I love snow until I don't. But even there, we took a trip and found some time to uh, hook up a tube to the UTV, and I pulled your sisters around behind the UTV. So, so you can still, again, find things to do. And get outdoors even when it's snowy and cold. And one of those things is ice fishing. That's kind of how my year started. We were doing some ice fishing. Like Greg had said, there was a lot of snow. So getting on and off some of these lakes was a little bit sketchy. Did you use your grandpa's uh, ranger yeah. with yeah. the tracks? Oh, no, bit? not the ranger. Uh, okay. We took his permi. Okay. Um, but we just pulled it behind the trucks. We did get stuck once. <laughs> on the trying to get off. We had to unhook the permi, try to basically pull it up with chains, hook another truck onto our truck. It was a... Sounds like an ordeal. It was like an hour process. Okay, for those that are listening and aren't aware of some of the terminology, what's a permi? A permanent ice shack. It's like a little house that you put on the ice, kind of like a camper. And you can keep warm. Yeah, it's super nice. There's beds, uh, a TV, a microwave, and heat. Well, January for me actually started, I went to San Diego to visit my oldest daughter, Stacy, and her husband, Brad, and family. And then your mom had a conference, and then she came to San Diego, and we spent a few days there with Stacy and Brad and family. One of their main forms of um, outdoor entertainment and and getting out and enjoying nature is camping. But for them, their camping season is in the desert 
And it's basically from October to February or March. Did have the opportunity to go with them a few years back. And that's a different experience and very cool. Not literally, it was actually warm. A lot of sand. Uh, if the wind's blowing, it's not very fun to be outside in this, the wind-blown sand, but they have the toys, the motorcycles, and the ATVs, and those kinds of things, and so do their friends. Oh, it sounds very different than the camping I grew up with. Me as well. So, But I did not ice fish last year, and that was something that was a little bit of a disappointment for me. I didn't get out at all. I only went a couple times. We usually go more, and I don't know if it was just because there was so much snow that it was hard to get places. But this year is a little bit different. We're having a very warm early winter, even though winter just started a couple of days ago. But So no ice fishing. I guess I wouldn't recommend it. I'm no expert, but, but uh, I don't think there's enough ice to go safely. There's plenty of people that are fishing up north. Please, anybody that's listening... We are not recommending that, but boy, be safe. Yes. Take, get Take all precautions. The Take precautions. Make sure you have all of your safety equipment if you do that. And make sure that uh, you get the information from people who know in the area where you're going. So, The other fun thing to do in January uh, is pheasant hunting. South Dakota's pheasant is open until the very end of January now. So we did get to do some pheasant last year as well. And again, with all of the snow, there's at least two vehicles that got stuck. I think there's three. Was it last year that, I don't know if it was you or AJ, somebody sent a, a film or a video of a deer trying yeah. to run through about three feet of snow? Yeah, that was me. Okay. And it's just barely moving. And it comes up and it runs right past me. I was like blocking on a field. And there was a couple that had ran out, but they can't jump the fences. They don't even know where the fences are because there's so much sure. snow. And so they'll just hit them. It was it was a harsh winter. Right now, anyway, looking to be the opposite. I think in April is when we started turkey hunting. Actually, no, it was March and it had just snowed. That's right. It was cold. It was miserable. No birds. We didn't see a turkey. We didn't hear a turkey, did no. we? No. Yes. Well, my imagination thinks we did. <laughs> um, but there is no actual proof right. that I heard a turkey. Right. It was all in your own mind. Mm-hmm. But so back to our turkey hunting in April, but then was it the next week or did we, was it two weeks after that that we went back up? Ooh. The 14th, I think, of April, I want to say. I think it was... Two, two weeks because you and Nate, we shot our, when was Easter this year? Boy, we doubled Easter morning. We both shot a turkey within 15 minutes of each other together. Okay. I guess Um, I can remember that. Yep. And then at some point, I don't remember when my sister-in-law or future sister-in-law, Mackenzie shot her first turkey. That was during the week, as I recall, because they brought it here to clean it. Yes. And then we went back to Nebraska. Right. Which, just to open up the the wounds again, both you and Nate did harvest a turkey. I did not. We even went where you told us to go. You were like, I think you guys should move over here. And we're like, okay. And and, And I want to make it clear that I have not trying to get you or anybody else to feel sorry for me because I I love the hunt 
and I love the experience and to hear those turkeys gobble and um, to have the opportunity a couple of years ago to call some in was awesome. But I, and that was a lot of fun. It was a slower morning, um, just not a lot of gobbles off the roost. There were some, and then it shut up, and we probably hadn't heard anything for an hour, and I cannot sit still, and it makes Nate mad all the time. But so I'm like up, I'm sitting, I'm like laying on the ground, I'm moving around, and he's like, sit still. So at this point, I was like laying on the ground because I was so tired. We had hunted for a couple days already at this point, and... I need my sleep. I I sleep a lot. Um, I can attest to that, yes. And so I'm laying there, and all of a sudden Nate hits the uh, slate just lightly to see if he can get anything to make a noise. And there's just a loud gobble, and it's right next to the blind. So I'm, like, scrambling to get back up on, like, my knees at least so I can shoot. It was awesome. That turkey came in and just attacked the decoy. You've got video of that. You should post that. I will. That, that was a good video. I will. And then Nate, he had success the next day? Yeah, it was the next morning because you guys went home early. Right. And we ended up like sneaking up on them because we could see them from the blind, but they had no interest whatsoever. Well, May, as we progressed through the year, May brought a lot of uh, wedding preparations. Uh, Stephanie and I were married in June, June 4th. And... uh, Probably the highlight of my outdoor activity leading up to that was my granddaughter, Audrey, was visiting. And that was when she went fishing with her future step-aunt, Catherine. Mm -hmm. We had a lot of fun. It was a great day. I don't know if she had just never seen a nightcrawler before, but we had picked some up to go out here. And... She was like, can I see one? I was like, sure. So we're in the truck driving to this place. I'm like, sure. And I open open the lid. She's like, can I hold one? <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. So she sat there and held this one night crawler the whole time and was like, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think. It seems like I might have found that night crawler maybe the next day crawling around yet in there. I think she dropped that one. She didn't use that one for bait. Yeah, she was really worried about it. She was like, I don't want to put this one on the hook. Right. That's right. After the wedding, your mom and I went up to uh, Minnesota. My side of the family has a a cabin in the Park Rapids area. And we've we've had this cabin now for over 90 years. We did a little fishing. Your mom outfished me, but we really... As one does. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And uh, we really didn't fish much beyond uh, trying to get panfish, bluegill primarily. At the same time that Mom and Greg were out there, we had our just big spader family vacation. So we all went, we rented out a lodge on a private lake because that's what spaders do for vacation is we fish. So that was a ton of fun. We were on, it's basically a trophy lake uh and the people who owned it had said you know we'd rather you guys keep everything that's like 22 inches or smaller for walleye and we struggled to catch walleye that were smaller than 22 inches inches. now now that you say that i do remember pictures coming in and uh, the trash talk going back and forth because your mom would send a picture of a bluegill and 
I think the responses were, you call that a fish and those kinds of things. And then your sister Mesa would send a picture of a nice big walleye back. And so, yeah, now I do remember that. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Then moving on to July, 4th of July is always a, a time that your grandparents uh, like to have family up at Lake Cabin. This was also the year that we played Over the Line. Over the Line. South Dakota style. We Over played the... that a lot. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I may get called out on this, but I think it was actually invented in San Diego. And I think that uh, it's played primarily on the beaches in the sand. It involves, uh, we, we adapted it. I think the actual game involves a softball and a, and a regulation type softball bat. But we played it with a wiffle bat. And a, and a plastic baseball. So yeah, over the line. But it's kind of like kickball and baseball and dodgeball. Dodgeball, yeah. In July, we also went to Total Archery Challenge. Oh, okay. Nate and I traveled out to the hills for that. Uh, my uncle was supposed to go with us, but he didn't sight in his bow. So he decided to be a party pooper. So what do you do? They have a couple different courses. Um, you get a knock time. It's kind of like a tea time with golf. And you basically hike the side of, it's Terry Peak, so the ski resort. Okay. And they set up different animal targets and give you realistic shots that you may actually be taking out in the wild, whether that's there's tree branches in your way or it's just extremely uphill or downhill or anything like that. And every time we've gone, which we've gone two years, we have ended up grouping up with the people either in front of us or behind us because usually it gets somewhat backed up. And it's just been a blast, though, getting to share stories and joking around. This year we had decided that whoever had the worst shot was the one that had to hike up this hill or down the hill or whatever to go pull everyone's arrows so that we aren't all hiking all the way down and all the way back up. So that gave it an extra little... Like, you better shoot well. <laughs> but anyways, August. Was, for me, the month of your mother and I being introduced to pickleball. Oh, yeah. We played a lot of pickleball. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It is. If you haven't done it. Except if it's really windy. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more difficult. On, a, on an outdoor uh, court, but yeah. No, that's a lot of fun. Mm, we also pigeon hunted yeah. in August. Oh, okay. Most farmers hate pigeons, so you can get on pretty much anywhere if you find pigeons. This one specific farmer, we've hunted it two years now, super nice guy. He's always just said, yeah, go ahead, kill as many as you want. But we have literally set up in his backyard. But the first year we shot like 111, and then this last year we shot like 67 pigeons. Is there any limit on pigeons? Nope. No? No, there's not. Well, now I can go to September. Yes. Okay. September was my first experience hunting with my stepchildren. And I am very glad I had earplugs because the place that we went dove hunting, um, there were plenty of doves and the kids all brought plenty of shells. But you went quite a a bit, didn't you? I we mean, did. I just went the once. But. Yeah, no, we went quite a few times. Um, not every time was 
successful. That many. I, we always shot a couple. That was uh, one of the highlights of the early fall for me. So. September also opened. We had started sitting and then also made a trip out to the grasslands trying to do a spot and stock muley hunt. And we got on some muleys, nothing big. Didn't end up getting close to anything. We didn't really even try to get close to anything just because there's nothing we wanted to shoot. But we saw a ton of deer, which was awesome. And we put on a lot of miles. Are we ready for October? I was trying to get there, but... Yes. Probably the thing that it, that occurred in October that was really a pretty big deal uh, for me, so I can't even imagine how big of a deal it was for your Grandpa Peters, but he was selected to go on an honor flight. So... That was an experience that I'm really glad that I was able to take part in and see. And I, and I know your grandpa was, was really moved by that as well. And your mom. She was honored that she was asked to go as his companion, chaperone. So anything else for you in October? Uh, just doing some more archery hunting, sitting in tree stands, uh, and then pheasant opened back up. Then into November, that's when... That that's when I really started to to get a little bit more active in terms of hunting deer. My first South Dakota deer hunt. My game cam has picked up many many deer moving through. I just can't coincide me being in the ground blind at the the time they're there. So we purchased a antlerless deer tag for your mom in Nebraska, and so that opening day firearm season. We spent in Nebraska, and we were hunting some private property, a friend of mine's land. In the time that I've hunted that area, I've probably seen five does to every one buck. And on that weekend, we saw nothing but bucks. But uh, it was a beautiful day. I think it was the same the weekend. same time, yep. Nate and Mesa and I, so Mesa being my older sister... Uh, all went out to the hills for a, Mesa had a special buck tag, which basically just means she could shoot a white-tailed buck on any private land anywhere West River. And Nate had a West River uh, any deer tag, so mule deer or whitetail for a specific county. Nate and I left the first morning to go see if we could find him his deer he was kind of specifically looking for muleys because he had never shot one before. Uh, but we get to this rancher, and she's telling us, you know, we have mostly white tails, kind of giving us an idea of where to go, and we're like, okay, sounds good. We come up over, like, the second hill, and there's just a herd of muleys. And we spent all day watching these muleys, trying to figure out if he wanted to shoot one, if we wanted to wait, like, it's opening day. We've still, we had, like, a whole week. Um, he ended up shooting one, though, but that's his first mule deer harvest. And his first ever rifle harvest. He grew up in Iowa. They do slugs and muzzleloader and archery. Sure. So he had never shot anything with a rifle either. Mesa went out the next day with my uncle Mark. And she will have to have her on to tell her story because yes. she'll yes. be super excited. But she ended up getting a white tail as well and was just ecstatic. Yes. Then the next week, were you hunting? Yeah. Or did you get it was yours the next before week. that? No, it would have been the next the week next after week. that. Okay. Um, yeah, I shot, I had a East River rifle tag and 
Actually, I shot a deer that we had on camera years prior, and it had basically stayed the same. Honestly, it got a little bit smaller than what it looked like last year. So I shot him knowing he was a mature deer. And actually, when we were skinning it out and cleaning it, I found a broadhead in that deer. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I've got pictures of it. Where Um, was it located? I don't know how it didn't die. Um, It had gone in pretty much right on the right shoulder and had gone all the way through and the broadhead was sticking out on the left shoulder. It didn't go all, quite all the way through. So the left cape, the skin on the left shoulder was still intact. But that's when I, I was cleaning it out. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a broadhead in here. And we could tell that it was probably a week, week and a half old because it had already started to get discolored. But I had no idea when I shot him. He was moving fine. He was actually chasing a doe. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, that was kind of crazy. So it was just the broadhead? Uh, it was a broadhead and then about four inches of arrow, of arrow. that had broken off. I'll be. No. Well, what I want to segue into the from the, the deer hunting stories was that um, with Mesa's deer and with Catherine's deer, we, we did celebrate the family Christmas here in South Dakota. Uh, Stephanie's children and significant others and myself. We celebrated Christmas last Sunday and we, uh, or I guess I prepared some backstrap of, from both uh, Mesa's deer and Catherine's deer in the reverse sear method. And I will tell you that maybe we'll have to dedicate at least part of a future podcast on cooking, but I'm telling you, if you are cooking any type of a loin, sirloin, backstrap, and I'm sure it's going to be the same no matter whether it was elk or deer or um, mule deer, whitetail, doesn't matter. This method is is almost, almost foolproof in terms of being able to do it. But it is delicious. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. So anyway, so we benefited from both Mesa and Catherine's successful deer hunts. So, but into December now, and I've been hunting a couple, two, three times, I think, again, with no success. But uh, I've got some pictures of some wonderful sunsets that are well worth every minute that you're outside and again with the warm weather that we've had it this isn't a tough hunt at all it's just evening comes quick with the sunset being right around four or something i think closer to five maybe and and then last light about five twenty five thirty so uh no not really i've hunted archery still a couple times i've still got my uh antlerless and any deer for archery which I have put my time in, uh, but nothing quite yet. And then some pheasant hunting again. Yep, I hope to do that too before before the end of the year. The As we're reviewing our year, I guess I just want to maybe reiterate that, um, yes, a lot of hunting did take place in 2023, but 
I would also like to say that, you know, there's just a lot of outdoor activities out, outdoors with friends and family, hiking, like we talked about pickleball and OTL and all those other kinds of things. I would also suggest that this time of year, I know it's easy to stay inside, look outside and, and, and think that it's the weather's not conducive to being outside. But as I said, Good Earth State Park is close in terms of where we live in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but wherever you're at, I'm sure there are hiking trails and biking trails and those kinds of things that you can take part in. You don't let the winter doldrums set in for you. So anything else, Catherine? I think you covered it. Well, I don't know if that's true, but it's probably time that we need to sign off. So to all our listeners, take some time to get outside, get outdoors and experience its healing powers for you as well. With that, until next time.